television series provided entertainment and inspiration. Among my favorites were MASH, Nothing Sacred, West Wing, and The Cosby Show. Today, I'd add Blue Bloods. My first 11 years as a professed Sister of Mercy were spent in elementary school classrooms. It was easy to heed the advice of Sister Mary Naomi Kelly, who was preparing us to teach others. She cautioned us that the children in our overcrowded classrooms would look alike in their school uniforms, but their home lives would differ, and so would their ability to learn. For some, school would be joy, for others, misery. She said, make sure you end each day with a story they can all enjoy. I followed her advice, ending each school day with 15 minutes that left the children laughing, wondering, and wanting more. One of the most satisfying letters I've received from students came from a 22-year-old. She was sitting on a veranda overlooking the Swiss Alps. Ever since I read her fourth-grade class the story of Heidi, she'd longed to visit that country. Her letter told of sights and sounds I'll never see. For many of my elementary teaching years, I produced the Christmas play as a way of putting my children inside the stories. I recently met a man now in his fifties who recognized me. On a busy sidewalk, he called my name and wrapped his arms around me. Filled with emotion, he said, Oh, Sister Camille, I can never forget you. You made me a king. Schoolwork was hard for Gerard, but dressed in cloak and crown, he delivered gold to the newborn Prince of Peace. He remembers it as the highlight of his school years. For the past 20 years, I've delivered talks in parishes, retreat houses, and as an after-dinner speaker. Those looking for an inspirational reflection most often ask me to speak about forgiveness. Research says that for adults over 40, that topic is one of the most requested. Many listeners have encouraged me to put my stories in a book. Most persuasive is Jesuit Father Jim Martin, an associate editor of America Magazine, which has published some of my articles on forgiveness. He, more than anyone, has persistently encouraged this work. It is to him that I dedicate Stories of Forgiveness. Chapter 1. The Challenge of Forgiveness Once upon a time, an old woman asked me, who wrote the Our Father? Well, I said, we know it as the prayer Jesus gave us. That's not what I mean, she countered. My question is, who wrote it down? You know that part about telling God to forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us? Whoever it was, he got it wrong. Jesus would never ask us to do anything so hard. Forgiveness can be very hard. But Jesus did insist on our extending it, not necessarily automatically or instantly, but he did insist on it, perhaps no more powerfully than in his answer to the question Peter raised about the number of times one had to forgive an offender. As many as seven times? Jesus answered with a story about a man whose debt was so great that it warranted a severe punishment— he and his family were to be sold into slavery. Terrified of what lay ahead, the man pleaded for mercy. His pleadings and promises melted the master's heart to such a degree that he forgave the man the whole debt. 
Soon after his release, this man met a fellow servant who owed him a much smaller amount. When this debtor pleaded for time to pay back, the man who had been forgiven so much forgave nothing. He ordered the frightened worker to be imprisoned until he could repay him in full. When the other servants learned of his cruelty, they took on the role of judge and jury. They went and told their employer what had happened. He shared their upsetment and sent for the unforgiving servant. He called him a wicked servant and said, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. I took pity on you. Shouldn't you have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? The master had seen enough to make him really angry. As a consequence, he handed him over to torturers until he should...